Welcome to Driven by the Best. We are your hosts, Sarah and Matt, and we are super excited because this week we have Kareen Nassar, who is the program director at MedStar Diabetes Institute. She is a registered dietitian. She has her CDE, which is Certified Diabetes Educator. She will actually go into more detail to what a Certified Diabetes Educator does and truly why that makes her the expert in all things diabetes. But we are super excited to have her on the podcast sharing her knowledge and why it's so important to make sure you're managing your diabetes and watching your blood sugars. Enjoy. To start, you have to know where to begin. To succeed, you have to find your why. My name is Matt, and I'm here to educate and inspire you each week with stories, guests, and interviews that will motivate you to find your passion and reach your health goals. And I'm Andrea, and I'm here to bring you the latest gossip and updates about all things Prime. Whether it's meeting new people or giving you breaking news firsthand, we want you to be informed. You're listening to Driven by the Best. I am the dietitian here at Prime, and Matt is our uh, driver health fitness coordinator, and he has his background in exercise and wellness, getting his master's degree. Um, and something that we see so frequently is our drivers, you know, having primarily type 2 diabetes. And we thought it would be so valuable to have someone like yourself, who is a CDE, um, a member of the American Diabetes Association, to be on the podcast. So is it okay with you if we just begin by asking you some basic questions? Sure, go right ahead. Okay. So, and have you hit record, Matt? Perfect. Okay. So tell us about your background, what you do on a day-to-day basis, and what a CDE entails. Okay, so I'm actually a registered dietitian. Uh, Initially in my career, I did inpatient work. Um, And then after doing that for about 10 years, I went into clinical research and specialized in diabetes. Uh, And some years into that, I uh, took the exam and became a certified diabetes educator. And so I've been, I've been a CDE for uh, more than 10 years, somewhere between 10 and 15 years at this point. Um, and I, I continue to work in, in research and also in uh, you know, patient care and diabetes education. And so what a, mm-hmm. what a CDE does is pretty wide. And actually, uh, the name has been updated to Diabetes Care and Education Specialist to reflect the, the breadth of, and of what a you know, diabetes educator does. Uh, we work with uh, patients with type 1 and type 2 diabetes to help them uh, basically uh, manage, learn how to manage their diabetes. Uh, because mm-hmm. diabetes is different from other conditions in that most of the work is the patient. It's not the provider. And so we need to give people the tools to know how to take care of themselves. So that mm-hmm. encompasses, you know, all the aspects of a healthy lifestyle, um, you know, healthy food choices, um, learning to check your blood sugars, learning how to take your medications the right way, um, learning how to uh, take insulin if you have to inject insulin, uh, learning how to uh, manage, you know, the situation when you're you go out with family, uh, when you're sick, uh, when there's 
additional medical conditions that uh, you're also managing. Um, everything that we do is uh, patient-centered uh, to help person, you know, persons with diabetes take ownership and learn how to take mm -hmm. care of themselves. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yes. And the ultimate goal, of course, is to keep people healthy so that they mm -hmm. don't develop any of the complications that are associated with diabetes. Perfect. Yes. And for our listeners, can you defer the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes? Sure. So type 1 diabetes is essentially an autoimmune disease. And this is um, the situation that traditionally used to happen mostly with children and teenagers, but we are now seeing it in older adults. And this is where your pancreas over a short period of time basically stops making insulin. And the person becomes you know, very ill, they go through rapid weight loss, they're very thirsty, uh, they're going to, you know, to the bathroom to urinate a lot, they lose a lot of weight, and they end up going to the hospital. Um, and that's when, you know, the medical team finds out that their blood sugars are very high, and they have to start immediately on insulin. Uh, because their body mm -hmm. is no longer making it. And that becomes, you know, they have to learn right off the bat, you know, to check their blood sugars and how to use their insulin and, and so on. Now, type mm -hmm. 2 diabetes is different in that it's a combination of things that happen over time. Um, so there is probably a genetic component. We know that type 2 diabetes runs in families. Um, there is a component of uh, resistance to insulin. So the body is still making insulin, but is not able to use it appropriately. Uh, there can also be a deficit in insulin production. Uh, it's just all of these things, and they tend to happen over time, not overnight, like with type 1 diabetes. So people with type 2 may have it for a long period of time and not get diagnosed. Mm -hmm. and, and that is unfortunate because you may go on for a period of time not feeling well, not knowing what is wrong with you, uh, feeling run down, and not getting the medical care that you need um, until you know, something gives where the insulin resistance becomes so strong that your blood sugars go up or your insulin production goes down and your blood sugars go up. And then at that point, you, you know something's wrong. You go to the emergency room and they find out that your blood sugars are high. Mm -hmm. And so with type 2, diabetes, so uh, the patient may not have to go on insulin right away. Because mm -hmm. once we realize that the blood sugars are high and that there's a problem, there are other medications we can start with first, as well as lifestyle modifications. And for a good number of patients, initially, they may be able to manage without insulin. Although, yes, within after a period of maybe 10 years or so, uh, the vast majority of patients with type 2 diabetes uh, require insulin. Mm -hmm. Yes. Great. And so looking at some of the stuff, we, we, we tried to pull some data on this beforehand. Um, we found that, you know, the CDC found some some description of, you know, about 14% of truck drivers said they have diabetes compared to about 7% of the U.S. Per working population. So we know it's a huge need for drivers and stuff. So maybe yeah. what are some food groups that, you know, people, you know, drivers with diabetes, you know, should maybe be more aware of, you know, when consuming them on the road and everything? 
So, yeah, I think that there's a couple of things here that may be, um, you know, putting truck drivers at more risk. Part of it is uh, probably the more sedentary lifestyle. Although they're on the road a lot, they're not home, but they're sitting. So, mm -hmm. you know, and driving for very long periods of time and they're stopping at truck stops or fast food restaurants. You know, there's not a lot of time to be able to choose a healthy meal. So these are probably some of the issues that they're facing that puts them at, uh, at higher risk. Um, you know, the advice that I would give to a truck driver is somewhat similar to what I would give to any person with diabetes. But in general, um, I would say, um, if at all possible, pack food with you when you're driving. Mm -hmm. Have a cooler in which you can keep uh, maybe something that you can pack at home or sandwiches or fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, uh, healthy snacks, uh, you know, depending how many hours you're on the road so that it's not as tempting to stop somewhere and get, you know, a burger and French fries or, you know, a steak and cheese or something like that. Uh, so that would be step one. Step two, when a trucker stops or a rest stop, if at all possible to get a little bit of exercise, so get out and walk around a little bit, uh, you know, do some stretching, do some strengthening exercises, um, just whatever is possible within the schedule. And then when they get home and they're on leave, and I'm not sure, maybe you can help me out and tell me, like, what does the schedule lo usually look like? Uh, what does a break look like? Their time at home to so be able to go exercise, um, yeah, so we usually keep it like pretty short prescribed exercise sessions. You know, I sometimes I recommend, you know, as little as like four to five minutes because yeah. a lot of times if they're team drivers, which are going to be, you know, they're going to be moving sometimes on the truck 20 hours a day, you oh, know, wow. seven, you know, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., mm -hmm. 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And so they're pretty much going all the time. So, you know, one yeah. of the things I know they say that, you know, it's 150 minutes of prescribed exercise per week. Well, it's like kind of hard to get that as a truck driver. So one of the sure. things I recommend a lot of times is just, you know, maybe 15 minutes of a little bit more high intensity exercise or something, you know, just walking, maybe if you're just new to it, you know, just something like you, like you said, exactly. Yeah, that would be great. So if they can get out and if they are driving in teams and the person who's not driving when they're not sleeping, if they can have small weights that they keep in the cabin, mm -hmm. then they can do a little bit of weight, you know, working with weights while they're sitting even. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that that's perfect. They're building up muscle um, because any exercise helps actually with insulin utilization. It helps to decrease insulin resistance. And so it can helps also with lowering blood sugars. Yes. And so for some of our drivers that are out there that, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of them don't maybe not know their levels they should be at and everything, you know, for someone that has maybe type type one, type two, um, you know, what are some of their like maybe flat fasting and normal blood blood sugar levels like you know where should they be so fasting uh, blood sugar is anywhere between 80 to 130 and two hours after a meal no higher than 180 so i try mm -hmm. to tell people to make it a little bit easier for them to use the rule of 80 to 180 you want your blood sugars to be somewhere in there, more towards 80 if you're fasting, 80 to 100 if you're fasting, and no higher than 180 after two hours after a meal. Perfect.
perfect. And, you know, for us, it's pretty frequent that we, not super frequent, but every now and then we'll have a driver come see us and they tell us that they just recently got pulled off the road because their A1C, you know, is 14 mm-hmm. uh, percent for for instance and so um in that case it is just one of those things that you know they can no longer work and so they're very motivated at that point yep. you know to yep. lower it but the big thing that we try to really educate and push forward is trying to, you know, do our best to improve our environment before it gets to that extent, sure. you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, my recommendation. How long is just. Yes. Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was going to say. So for somebody knows that they have diabetes is that when they are home to make every effort to go see a diabetes educator so that they can yes. give them a personalized plan knowing because that's what we do so once when uh, persons with diabetes come to see us we don't give them a sheet of paper we don't give them a pre-planned anything we listen to them tell us what their life is like what their schedule is like what their work is like and then we try to work around you know that their personal situation to come up with a personal plan and i just really would strongly advocate that. I just don't think that there is um, anything to replace just sitting down and coming up with your own plan uh, so that you can meet your challenges and coming up for goals for blood sugars and for A1C. Yes, I love that. Totally agree. One of the big things we give to our drivers here is actually action plans. And that's perfect fitting along right along with that theme right there and everything. And, you know, for some of our drivers that you know, maybe have this type of two diabetes per se, um, you know, a lot of them have tried to go on maybe like a, a different diet to maybe lower these blood sugar levels. So what are your thoughts on like, you know, a lot of them talk about doing a keto diet, you know, or like kind of limiting your carbs severely or something like that in hopes that it would go down. Is this kind of a tried and true method or is there, are there other things you can do with your diet that are a little bit more, you know, beneficial for it? So if you look at the recent statement from the American Diabetes Association and the American Association of Diabetes Educators, basically there is no one size fits all. And we, mm-hmm. there is flexibility, um, you know, in terms of a person working with what's going to, following the diet that's going to work for them. And the most successful diet is the diet that is personalized. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of the keto diets, we have some reservations about about that in the sense that, you know, this is the keto the ketogenic diet is a very high fat diet that was developed initially to help uh, uh, children with severe seizures. And in that environment, it does work and it helps lower the seizures. But it is a very high fat diet. Um, and we know that the number one um, cause of mortality for patient, persons with diabetes is heart disease. So mm-hmm. we don't, you know, so that creates a little bit of a conundrum, right? Uh, because right. if you're gonna, if you're going to lower the carbs in your diet and you're going to increase the fat, then we need to make sure that we, you are eating healthy fats. So you're eating, you know, olive oil and avocado uh, and not butter and bacon and you know fried chicken. So we have to have some education around the kinds of fat that you're eating. Uh, the second yes. challenge is that if you're following a low carb, high fat diet, it tends to be pretty high in protein. And a lot of people with diabetes uh, have some kidney issues. Uh, 
So, mm-hmm. um, because there's usually also hypertension, uh, you know, present. So if there is some renal insufficiency, some kidney issues, and you are eating a lot of protein because you're eating a lot of meat and a lot of cheese and things like that, then that adds stress to the kidney. And then also when you start a very low carb, very high fat diet, um, there is kind of a, um, you go, the body goes into ketosis and that's how you're losing weight. But that means your brain doesn't have carbohydrate available to it as a uh, calorie source, as an energy source, which, you know, carbohydrates are the preferred source of energy for the brain. And so initially a lot of people report fuzzy brain. You know, mm-hmm. he's very tired and feeling a little unclear thinking. And I'm thinking if you're a truck driver, mm-hmm. if you're going to start on a keto diet, then you definitely want to do it when you're home for an extended period of time, like on leave or vacation or something to see how your body is going to react to it. Yes. And I love that you mentioned that, Kareem, because that's something that I try to get across as well is that, you know, it's not one size fits all. There is, you know, what works well for one person may not work best for you, but that's right. Ultimately, too, we don't want to put other people at risk if we are not able to have the brain function that we need to, to be our best selves. Um, And that is a huge concern as well for me. And so I, I love that you brought that up. And I It's so important that our drivers know that because it's so highly talked about in the media right now. And so we always are getting questions on it and we try to, you know, mention like what you have said. And so, um, I just, I I love that you said that. That's perfect. Yeah. And then one of the things that, you know, some of the things I've heard mixed reviews on and, you know, Sarah and I have actually talked about this and picked each other's brains in the past is I hear certain, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I'll hear a lot of health professionals talk about, either, you know, maybe reversing type two diabetes or just getting rid of it altogether. Is it ever really reversed or is it just more managed in a long-term way or short-term for that matter? Um, so can it be reversed? Uh, probably not because there are changes that happen at the micro and microvascular level and the endocrinologist that I work with gets this question all the time. And the, as far as we know, it cannot be reversed. Uh, what can happen though, is if you follow a healthy lifestyle and you lose a lot of weight, you know, you lose weight and you change the way you're eating, um, then you can control your uh, your blood sugars without medication. Or if you are requiring insulin and you lose weight, uh, you decrease the insulin resistance, your body is able to use the insulin that you're still making, you're able to go off insulin. Um, so I don't know if that's what people call reversing, but I have worked with with people with diabetes who initially when their blood sugars were very high, you know, we, um, we worked on the, on the lifestyle, on the exercise, on the diet, um, you know, they, and, and studies show that we're not expecting huge amounts of weight loss. If a person is able to use, lose five to 7% of their weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds, that means you're, you need to lose 10 to 14 pounds. Um, you can start seeing impact on your uh, ability to use your own insulin. 
And so that's that is a possibility that I, I you know I've had patients we started out blood sugars are 500 we have to go to insulin that's the only thing we have that can bring it down fast enough. But then as people realize what's going on and they change the way they eat and the biggest biggest thing is stopping the uh, sweetened beverages the sugar sweetened mm-hmm. beverages that is I cannot emphasize enough the difference that that makes. And then we are sometimes able to get off the insulin and just go on pills or even just manage with uh, diet and exercise. Yes, yes. And I know for the trucking population, you know, stopping at at the rest stop, you get the drinks. And I cannot Mm -hmm. emphasize enough the importance of stopping the sweetened beverages. You know, an eighth ounce of Coke has eight teaspoons of sugar in it. Eight teaspoons. Would you get a cup of coffee and put eight teaspoons of sugar in it? You wouldn't. You would realize that that's excessive. Uh, But this is what a lot of us drink, you know, without thinking about it. And so Mm -hmm. you may get 500, 600 calories from your big gulp and it's all sugar. And you don't realize, you know, what you just put in your body. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That That's so important to know and to really start being mindful. What am I putting into my body? That's right. So say we do have, um, there's a driver out there who's really struggling with cutting back on his sugary beverages. What would you recommend? I mean, my biggest recommendation is water. And if you want to put a little bit of a flavoring in it, you know, that's fine. Um, you know, the American Diabetes Association position is that diet sodas Uh, A diet soda does not make a bad meal choice good, but Mm -hmm. it can help um, in decreasing the amount of sugar that you're uh, that you're consuming. And so maybe there can be a transition or maybe seltzer water. Seltzer water was a, a flavoring in it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And what what are your what's your take? You know, as a certified diabetes educator and everything on. Uh, on maybe the energy drink portion or five hour energies or something like that, even if it's that sugar free portion, you know, we have a lot of drivers that some of them might drink like two or three a day. And I'm just wondering on, you know, the effect of that, maybe, you know, you know, I I don't know a lot about that, but I know that a lot of these drinks have a ton of caffeine in them Mm -hmm. and consuming a lot of that caffeine. It can lead to a faster heartbeat and it can possibly, you know, raise your blood pressure. And, you know, in general, you know, I, like I said, I don't know a lot about it. And if they're sugar-free, I would still worry about what's in it that's keeping you yeah. awake, what long-term mm-hmm. impact it's going to have uh, on your health. Yeah, that's perfect. Because that's, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing too, is yes, this may be sugar-free, but is this really going to benefit our health, you know, and this probably isn't the best option for us. So really just trying to stick with, like you said, if we need something in our drinks, maybe we do a flavoring or maybe we do a water seltzer something to that extent though. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, so as a driver that might not know where to start kind of regulating their blood sugar levels, but wants to make a change, is there a process that you tend to follow? I mean, I know it's all individualized, but is it something that, you know, they should maybe focus on diet first or exercise or maybe tracking what they eat each day or, you know, something that they could start with kind of a process-wise system? So I think to make it easier, we, we would try to, rather than have them track what they eat, which might be a challenge. Uh, well, I mean, if they're willing to track what they eat, then that's very helpful because then when they go see a dietitian or a diabetes educator, they can look 
at what is being consumed and try to find alternatives, you know, look at the good choices that are being made and the choices that, um, you know, uh, would benefit from being changed. Uh, but for a trucker, I don't know how realistic it would be to ask them to track everything they're eating. If they're willing to do it, that would be great. We love food diaries, especially dietitians. We love food diaries. Uh, but we, if we can't get that, a simple method that, uh, that we recommend is using the plate method. And so when you're eating, think that half of your plate needs to be non-starchy vegetables. So uh, greens, carrots, broccoli, tomatoes, cucumbers, lettuce, you know, mm -hmm. non-starch vegetables, half of your plate. And then a quarter of your plate is um, whole grain starches. So it could be, you know, beans, uh, brown rice, quinoa, uh, lentils, uh, whole grain bread, uh, like a whole, like a sweet potato with the skin, you know, something like that. And then a quarter of your plate is the protein. And so the protein can be meat, chicken, turkey, fish, cheese, peanut butter, tofu, eggs, um, you know, something along those lines. And so that's a simple way of trying to think through your choices. And so for, and that's why I think yeah. it's helpful, if at all possible, to pack lunches at least for part of the drive. So if you're starting out from home, if you can at least pack some of it from home, to get carries yes. initial drive, then you have more control over what you're eating. But you know, even yes. if you're stopping yeah. at a truck stop and they have a Denny's, then you can still do, you know, if you're thinking about the plate method, you can still thinking about getting the uh, baked chicken with uh, uh, the potatoes and the and the green beans or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's getting a little bit better out there to buy some of that healthy food at some of those places. And, you know, we're taught we're trying to clean up the environment as much as we can. It's just an unhealthy industry in a lot of the ways because they're at gas stations, truck stops, eating fast food. So that's kind of what we try to do is just what you talked about is really just educating on that proper plate portioning mm -hmm. on those things that, you know, that they can get the most bang for their butt health wise and eating for that energy and not necessarily the pleasure from all the sugar and sweets and everything like that. So I, I love your take on that. Yes. Plan ahead and you pack things with you. So if you leave home with some apples and some bananas and some grapes and a bag of carrots and a, a, a low fat dip, you know, for your broccoli, then when you stop, you're not as much tempted by grabbing the bag of chips and the bag of M&Ms and, mm. you know, all the things that are, are there in front of us, <laughs> you know, tempting us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And really, when we have our drivers come and see us, that's one of the biggest things we recommend is getting a refrigerator because most of them can. Um, and so that really helps just set you up for success and point you in that right direction. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, we know you have kind of a, a cutoff time of like uh, four year time, three year time. So wrap it up kind of. If you have other questions, I can spend a few more minutes. Oh, OK. Well, that's totally fine either way. So um, really, I was just going to see, you know, if there's like a couple takeaways that you would want maybe our drivers to hear that would help them through the process of regulating their blood sugar, becoming more aware of how to maybe self-manage anything along the lines of what you tell maybe your clients or different people you work with every day. You know, are there any takeaways you would want them to get from this? 
Sure. So first things, I would like to, you know, remind uh, everybody of the signs and symptoms of diabetes, uh, whether, you know, you may have prediabetes, you don't know you have diabetes, what to look for, especially if it runs in your family, or if you have diabetes, what are the signs and symptoms that your blood sugars are running too high? And that would be increased thirst, increased urination, uh, blurred vision, feeling very tired, um, you know, lack of energy, unexplained weight loss, you're eating like you usually do, but you're losing weight. So these would be signs and symptoms to look for of high blood sugar. Uh, signs of low blood sugar would be if you um, are feeling very tired, very hungry, um, almost uh, uh, more irritable than usual, starting to feel faint. That these are symptoms that are very important to know. Uh, I highly advocate having a regular schedule of checking blood sugars. There is absolutely no substitute for that. So I would say whenever you stop at a, at a you know, for a rest, or if you are working as a team, uh, make sure that you're checking your blood sugars on a regular basis, because some Sometimes the body adjusts to high blood sugar and the symptoms don't seem as obvious. Um, so there's just no mm -hmm. substitute for actually checking and knowing exactly what's going on. Uh, the next thing that I would like right. to point out, if you are uh, taking a, a, a pill that is a sulfonylurea, so something like lipizide, glyburide, amaryl, even though it's a pill, it can definitely cause low blood sugars. So it is very important that you only take it when you're eating and to check your blood sugars every few hours to make sure that you're not dropping. Uh, best thing to keep in your truck in case of a low blood sugar reaction is those four ounce little boxes of juicy juice that are 100% juice, no sugar added, uh, because that is fast carbohydrate mm -hmm. and it will bring up your blood sugar fast if you're having a low blood sugar reaction. Uh, get your A1C checked uh, every three months. Uh, go see a diabetes educator. If your A1C is above seven, go see a diabetes educator and develop a, a personalized plan for what you can do on the road. Uh, like we talked earlier, whenever you stop and you get out of the, your truck, walk around for 10, 15 minutes, just do something, uh, you know, go up and down steps or anything that you can do. And, um, Eliminate the sweetened beverage, you know, the sugar sweetened beverages. Uh, I have seen with uh, patients that I've worked with that blood sugars drop 100 to 200 points just from stopping the sweetened beverages. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's a low hanging fruit. It's almost like magic. It's amazing the impact that it has. And then finally, try to apply the plate method that we talked about. You know, lots of mm -hmm. non starchy vegetables uh, and also fresh fruit. Um, and then, you know, healthy protein, healthy lean protein. So avoid the fried and whole grain uh, starches. Perfect. Perfect. We love it. Don't we, Matt? That's great information. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's just realistic for drivers to do too. You it gave is. us some really applicable ways that they can, you know, move their health in the right direction by just doing simple things. You know, we often mention that sugar sweetened beverages to them because, mm -hmm. you know, just in regards to weight loss alone, you know, that's maybe 500 calories a day, that's which right. equals out to maybe a pound to two pounds lost per that's week. Right. And that's, that's, that's right. it's that's easy right. to do for most drivers. That's right. Yes. Well, 
we don't have any other other questions. I don't believe you gave us you gave us some great info. That was rapid fire. We it, love it. Yeah. It was fantastic. So thank you very much for giving us all that good info. And uh, our drivers really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. And uh, you know, we is now because are, are there good resources out of curiosity where if our drivers want to learn a little bit more yes. about you know online or anything that you would recommend well, towards you know them pointing towards. Yes, the American Diabetes Association website is chock full of excellent information about a healthy lifestyle, nutrition, recipes, um, all of that. And the website of the American Association of Diabetes Educators can also point you to where to find an educator in your community. And a lot of insurance is that. Fantastic. A lot of insurances cover a visit with a diabetes educator for a diabetes self-management education and support. Uh, so that should definitely be a resource that they look into. Perfect, Kay. Great. Well, thank you very much for all the yeah, information and everything. Fun. We really appreciate it. And thanks for your time today. Thank you so, so much. We appreciate it. All right. Thank Talk you. to you later. Bye. Thank Bye -bye. you.